0: Coming live from Mumbai, Mumbai
1: welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts either through their industry insights and information or simply learning from them. And today we have Rishi Chadda, entrepreneur, edupreneur, project management consultant. Welcome to the show, Rishi.
0: Thank you, Ajay. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for coming in. And I obviously we will discuss about, you know, why is it so important to always remember it is someone else's money when executing a project, but for everybody, a lot of people from smaller places, bigger places, and from different industries are also watching it. So can you just tell us what exactly is project management and then what a project management consultant is?
0: Right, Ajay, first of all, it's a great opportunity to be on your fabulous show. The kind of efforts you are taking to bring uh, people from around the world and uh, express their uh, experiences, express their uh, learnings and share with the entire world. And to be on this show for me with my pal of uh, childhood days, Uh, It's another added advantage as well as uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, responsibility as well as uh, I take it as a very positive takeaway, a great opportunity. So beginning with the project management uh, related uh, principles and the project management related concepts, I do not want to drag this session into an extremely boring textbook style, uh, you know, uh, conceptual uh, understanding. But uh, the first one word would be, uh, I need to borrow something from uh, where it all comes from. And it took me years and years and decades to decode the meaning of uh, projects and project managements. Uh, When uh, I became a member of uh, the so-called organization PMI, which I am a regular member of, as well as uh, whom I owe my allegiance for the ongoing learnings. Right. what happened what happened with me as it happens with everyone is uh, that uh, it took a while after a lot of struggle to get into these things and the one-liner which came our way was that for doing projects uh, it's uh, it's a simple uh, uh, endeavor or it's some kind of a work which has got a start date and an end date and in, be- in between those two you got to uh, produce a product you got to produce a service or you've got to produce a result. And when you produce those results, they're going to benefit the entire society. How do you do that? You make use of certain available resources, very stringent, very time-bound uh, deliverables, and uh, making use of the most uh, you know, uh, resources and money and time. You've got to produce the best results Uh, to make all the stakeholders happy so that is all about uh, some kind of uh, of, uh, value to be delivered but coming to project management as such i mean this is uh, the next extension or the next uh, uh, you know the the project related uh, principle wherein you set yourself to behave in a certain way you take over certain fundamentals You become a part of certain frameworks and you borrow certain knowledge based on which you're going to perform with all those responsibilities and all those uh, principles and all the respect and all the uh, you know processes which help you to deliver a project in a professional way Uh, so project management is a very simple theory it has been happening around the world for ages and ages. And some of the things we will uh, discuss during the day would be, it doesn't take much to understand it, but uh, unfortunately, uh, to follow them, uh, it, it takes a while. I, it takes a little bit of, uh, you know, struggle to become accustomed and used to doing that. And I hope your session will bring forth certain exemplification, which would help us understand how you do it in a much simpler way so what projects what
1: sort of a projects come under this particular uh, project ma- management stuff
0: that's that's a uh, key to begin with i mean you name an industry you're speaking to a person for him even buying vegetables is a project okay and you name you name an industry uh, whether you start with the uh, it or you start with the railways or you start with uh, Oil and gas energy you begin you discuss uh, construction of big bridges big buildings uh, construction of cities smart cities you see a lot of uh, hype around the uh, high-speed rail which is going on in the country you speak about the metros you speak about so many mega projects uh, coming up across the world places like the middle east everything is a project small to big and the psyche of the person speaking to you is such that um, project management has pushed him into, uh, you know, doing everything in that particular framework and uh, in that particular uh, knowledge area. So for me, if uh, I have to do a small, maybe a few hours bound project or some work has to be delivered in a few days time, it is all about project and uh, that is why uh, i in particular come from a background wherein uh, uh, most of my projects have been from the energy industry and that is one of the most organized industries i suppose across the world because they have uh, done a lot of uh, work they have done a lot of uh, back calculation they have done a lot of uh, uh, you know standardization wherein you get into the nitty-gritty of doing work in a very, very well-defined framework in a very organized fashion. And uh, there's hardly anything which is left to uncertainties. And then you become used to, you become accustomed to doing it that way. And if you are ready to adapt that into your day-to-day work, day-to-day uh, you know, responsibilities, it makes even more sense. So that is how uh, I speak. I, I would take it as the kind of projects uh, we deal with. Okay, so how
1: does it it start if somebody uh, say some particular industry, like in your case, it's about energy. Uh, Anybody comes to you, they know about your credentials. Uh, They come to you, you pitch or you pitch for those projects. And then, uh, you know, obviously, there must be is there a bidding sort of a stuff Uh, or you just straight away get onto the job and how do you do it means how do you plan from day one, say, suppose somebody who has got the skills, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to go about it. So somebody who wants to bid for projects across the country or across the industries that he's, he wants, he or she wants to. How do they yeah. do it for a layperson who got the skills, but don't know how to do it or how to go about it in a techn- technical
0: way? Okay, that's, uh, see, uh, your question as uh, I take it is, I would like to begin with a story. And, you know, uh, I, I used to get a lot of uh, backup uh, knowledge from people in and around me. And what I learned from them was that nobody will come fully cooked up, fully well prepared from the mother's womb. Uh, you got to you got to accept a lot of people raw in the industry, and groom them in the shortest possible time to be able to work on certain things, which demand certain skills. Now, as far as my story goes, uh, I was not uh, pulled into projects straight away. I mean, when I was a lad of 22 years and just out of college, 1994. At least for the next three or four years, I was totally uh, mesmerized. I was not in a position to understand what is the right way forward. I mean, I come from a background wherein it was a conscious family decision that we do business. And I started uh, as a businessman, manufacturing scaffoldings uh, in my father's shop in the year 1993-94. I'm not even graduated, and it took me at least three or four years to bring my anxieties to rest because I was raw. I, mean, I was I was not understanding what the industry is holding. Business okay. I had I had the lot of butterflies to be in the business. I wanted to do excel in business, but uh, you know I was not satisfied, self-satisfied myself. Uh, the mojo, as you say, was not coming. It was not with me. So I set foot keeping the industry running or the shop running. I set foot into exploring things in and around me. That is what happens with uh, whoever comes to me today. And when I set foot into the industry, in four years time, I embarked upon a wonderful project which was going around very near my home. And there was an American, uh, you know, giant building a fiberglass plant. I became a part of the Tata's who were the consultants on that project. But that is not where I discovered my module. By the time we completed that project in a year's time, uh, we got a very uh, strange appreciation from the Americans. The, the owners of the project, who had come all the way, miles away, they appreciated us to for having saved them multi-thousand dollars on the project. And the project manager of the project sends us a letter one fine day uh, congratulating the entire team. I was a part of that team. I was a very junior part of that team, just four years of experience. And he says, uh, see, we've been uh, appreciated for the deliverables and more so we have been appreciated for the way we have saved them so much. And you all are part of the team. So that was the first time I did not even know the name of the game. What you call PM today is it was it wasn't in my mind then. And coming from a business background and trying to find your feet in the industry, is the first time you find something which gives you a sense of satisfaction, a sense of achievement. Uh, you're a part of the team has saved certain thousand dollars for somebody. Uh, it, it, it sounds great. It sounds like a huge achievement for you. And that made me continue with the Tatas for next uh, six years' time within India, doing projects in the refineries, doing projects on ID parks. They put me on one of their very flagship kind of a project. Uh, they were the first to have built a terminal in Bombay. And I was a leading part of that terminal for around three years and then that you know that uh, sense of uh, grooming myself into more into these projects that that went on increasing with time and then of course after that i took uh, leapfrogged into the middle eastern market i worked in all the countries of the middle east but it, it took me around good decade or so to decode the name of what was my mojo and that was uh, dealing into projects and dealing into project management and then around 15 years later i got certified as a pm from this uh, ace organization pmi and from there uh, it's been about uh, i would say another decade and a half that we've been associated doing things in a particular way as pmi suggests and delivering to them uh, some of the best conceptual and best uh, practicable uh, things uh, and the way uh, everybody shares uh, on the uh, institute's uh, portals uh, apart from that uh, as you said if somebody walks into me today I'm happy to accept them as a part of my team even raw okay. because I know for sure I know for sure that uh, over the years uh, I must have worked with uh, at least uh, maybe 500 600 disciples who really benefited and learned the game in the shortest possible time some of them in a few months time the last big project we did was of the tune of 400 crores and i was having a team of 36 in my team and uh, i mean uh, the the reciprocation after the we left the project because this is how we do projects we go organize team up and then we depart we disintegrate so the the love and the affection which keeps coming to you even after you left them and that speaks and then they get their mojo from us because uh what we did we took time to you know find and struggle and grow, it becomes a part of them so that, is the, that is the, you know, the whole uh, purpose of the game. And that is what keeps us running. Right. So who can, suppose,
1: if, as you said, you are ready to accept anybody raw. So what sort of people can be part of a project management team? Suppose it's a person in Jharkhand. And he or she is capable in particular one area or two areas how do they know they can be a part of your team and how can they do that okay otherwise they are working in isolation and trying to find clients only locally
0: possibility here so uh, I'll, I'll I'll put two uh, branches to this answer the first branch is uh, uh, normally you know we do advertise based on the projects which are coming to our hands and they apply but uh, uh, As of now, until now, we have been sourcing uh, people with or without experience who necessarily want to be, at least at the beginning, they want to be planners. So a very key component of being into project management is being a good planner. So if I ask you, who's the best planner you have seen in your life from the word plan? i don't know what your answer would be but over the years when we were working one of the finest uh, project managers i worked under he gave us a session and he asked us this question and we came up with various answers and he said the best planner who works around you is the person who handles your kitchen so and the reason the reason is how many times do you come up with an excuse or a complaint that you're falling short of any necessity, any deliverable? Hardly any time. The behind the scene uh, aspect of this is the plan working in a homemaker's brain is such that he or she constantly is keeping on evolving and trying to make available every component of running that kitchen so when we select people we try to first ascertain does he have the the anxiety does he have the feel or does he have the uh, you know grudge to be in that frame of mind that means uh, when I give an assignment to somebody it, it hardly takes much time for us to find that uh, when I give an assignment to somebody, how much to the depth he would go and find out uh, how to dig into the uncertainties certainties and the availability uh, available uh, of the available resources and then fetch it so there's no there's no bottom line to what uh, level of graduation or what level of uh, you know expertise he possesses but the raw planner start with that way in fact in the west a planner is not called a planner until he does a lot of running and they become runners first. Then they become planners. So we learned on the job that first put people on the running business. Okay. And when we and when we are doing a lot of uh, detailing of this session, you'll come to know first is the stage when a person becomes a runner. And then he grooms into a planner. In fact, I call myself a planner more than a project manager or a consultant. Because I'll, I take pride in being called a planner. Uh, but I was not a planner when I started. I, I would leave half the things undone and return to my pavilion wherein my bosses would say, no, you've not done this X, Y, and Z. Then I go back to the field and do them and then come back. So being a runner is like you should have a taste for doing whatever you are being asked for. And it could be any industry. As I said, it could be any of the industries. I'll I'll quote certain examples when we move further. So that is how we select the people and we form teams. But I would like to put it that we form fresh teams on every project we do. And then we disintegrate at the end of the project and then we go to the next one. So uh, it is called project management, but
1: actually there is a lot of planning in it. Definitely there's a lot of planning in it. So what what is is planning the biggest aspect of uh, any particular pre- project management execution? OK. Uh,
0: See that is that is a misnomer. And then then it should be not... planning management. Why project management? You're right. I mean, see, uh, it's it's right. It's a very pertinent question. Uh, it is like there's no project management without planning. But right, not necessarily. A planner will be a good project manager. There are much better project managers even without. But what happens is that uh, the planners and the planning fraternity finds it easier to do project management because of the mathematics behind it there's certain amount of very simple mathematics behind it now i would quote a good example of what happened to me when i was just 22. and we had we had a requirement of certain fastness in our shop and uh, when you walk out of college, you don't know what this stuff is. So I went for uh, purchasing these fasteners in the heart of the city in Mumbai, a place called Nagdevi. Okay. Uh, this is one place, mind you, where you can find every limb of the engineering industry. And I go into a shop, a store, a huge store, which I came to know has every kind, every type, every size, every quality of a fastener. I ordered them, there was a big bunch of people, maybe all family members, Uh, the person on the desk orders rack number so-and-so, bunch number so-and-so, box number so-and-so and and get me so many. The first thing which strikes me, then when the fasteners come in front of me, I ask them for a discount after after having asked the price. And you won't believe, 1994, there was no MS Excel, there was no PowerPoint, there were no software. The guy didn't have a computer in front of him. Neither had I seen a computer in those days. My friend, there goes his hand inside his drawer and he pulls out a small notebook, flips some pages, and he reaches exact page where he has written for that particular fastener, Who's the manufacturer? What is the price of the raw material? What is the manufacturing cost? What is the transport cost? And how much is this profit? And he shows that entire calculation to me and says, Tell me where should I offer you the discount? That was the first time I came across a live example of planning even without any computers to our disposal. And you should imagine, this is the essence of good business as well. You know, today when I look back into that incidence, I for sure understand that is good planning. So that is good planning because he has not left any uncertainty addressed on the paper, as well as in his business, and that level of clarity of the goods he's selling, I'm sure they have from that big store which I saw. That they must have groomed into multi. Did you Did you get a discount? Uh, yes, he did offer me a discount on something, but that is, you know, that is his business policy. We call it a reserve. So that was okay. we did. I I had sufficient numbers to be sourcing. So that is another part of the story. But that is exactly what the planning is. I mean, uh, you when we go purchasing vegetables for the kitchen, how many things we leave behind uncertain? That's not planning. And this is exactly what we do today. When we do project management, it planning starts with the project management because on the first day, you don't know everything. The floodgates, when they open, the uncertainties, the become more and more clear only as the project unfolds. And on the first day, when the first person who works on the project, ideally, is the team of planners, on the first day, the maximum uncertainties which you unfold help you to do better in the future path of your project. And that is what helps you to successfully deliver the project. So that is what I was saying. We try to judge from a person, when he walks to us, how much will he deliver in tapping those uncertainties. So that is why planning is important for project management. But then this is how the mathematics works. Right. So where does technology come in, in in project management? What's its role? For me, I would uh, like to put it that technology is just a jargon. Okay although i should not say so because i have been personally myself involved with a particular tool that's almost 20 years old which my team and myself have been using i've seen various 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 uh, you know versions of that tool and that is one of the finest uh, time scale logic tools i've seen and it really is a part of our psyche but that is a planning tool but why I said the first statement that technology is just a jargon because, in the name of technology, there's a lot of unwanted things being sold in the market today. Okay. So, you would have seen a lot of uh, things which come from technology very superficial, very cosmetic. I mean, uh, they are very color glossy. And then you know the these people who sell technology, they go to the principals and they say, "See, I can form this kind of a graph. I can do this analytics. I can do so and so, without directly linking it back to the nitty gritty of the game."
1: Who sells this technology?
0: Happen. Who sells these technologies? Okay, this is see, there are a lot of startups coming up with these technologies. Are, I, I, we don't go into the name game. But there are a lot of lot of people trying to pitch into being solution providers. Why I'm saying so, and I and I don't I don't want to sound negative on that is uh, because you have a chance. You see a dearth somewhere. You start with uh, certain technology. It is not necessarily that is the best. What you should explore is what is already existing in the market and how far that technology is successful. So that is that is one game which uh, you know that jargon thing comes into my mind. But- but
1: you must be using some technology. Was must be either useful in helping your, you complete your projects, execute your projects, or it must be saving money for
0: you. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Can you now? I, as I said, okay. we don't do things on paper now. Okay. Uh, okay. In the age-old days when we graduated out of college, I mean, it was totally paper-based. But right. even then, do you think projects were not successful? They were highly successful. Today, after the two or three decades of so much of uh, you know technology being used and so much of advancement, being made, projects are still unsuccessful, and there's a lot of failure happening around us. Have we used the right technology? So, I, 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 my, my purpose of the defining the technology part is not to you know promote certain uh, package or tool and not to bring down something else. What I want to say over here is definitely today, I cannot do things without technology, but with technology, the optimum usage of that technology, the success of that package, the success of that uh, tool has to be properly explored. Uh, You know, you go from industry to industry, from company to company, you go from place to place and you see everybody using a different tool doing the same work. Okay. That's not So, that's not is
1: there any substitute for technology? As I suppose, I, I don't have that much of money in in doing my projects. Is there a substitute that you can think of?
0: Look, that is that is where the whole game, uh, you know, happens. I'll give you an example of a great company called Anivel, or I'll give you an example right. of a great company called Boeing. Now they do. They're planning for delivering their products. If you walk into their offices and you want to get an order book for yourself, on the day you walk in, they'll, they'll tell you if they have a slot for delivering your project no, product in next two years, three years, five years, six years, seven years time. Because they're using technology to the right extent wherein everything on their schedules is absolutely, clearly earmarked. And that is the time scale logic I'm talking about. It's very, very, very important that we are clear about our delivery targets. That is project management. Okay. Project management is not that there's a hanky-panky, you have a so-called, you know, yes, maybe, doesn't happen that way when we say it is 2026 it is 2026 I am sitting in a place where I'm seeing a metro coming up last 10 years and it hasn't mm. happened that is not project man now okay. I have seen in the same place I have seen hundred and 100 plus flyovers come up between 1990 to 1994 where was technology then so what's wrong where is the difference? There is something else which is going wrong and what is going wrong is the project management is going wrong if we describe okay. it correctly, technology doesn't necessarily help but the way you execute is the key to it
1: okay so then tell us you you also travel a lot abroad what's the difference you know how do you compare uh, you know project management or projects being executed in india and outside must uh, please share those
0: best practices and the learnings for us so uh, ajay uh, this is something i should uh, i should i should promote uh, and this is something you learn as soon as you step your foot outside your own home country
1: yeah
0: and the name of the game is how does adversity help a project my finding my first finding And that is something which repeats on my mind whenever I'm overseas is there's every damn resource available in the place we were born and in the place we inhabit, we are citizens of. When you're overseas, the first thing which comes to your mind is this abundance of adversity. All resources are not available. But still... The success of the projects is not in the same scale of availability of resources like we should expect. So, if everything is available in a place, why do so many projects fail? Right. Failure is a very clear definition we should understand. And in other places, where there is so much of adversity. Resources not available. People coming from overseas. What is the reason? that projects succeed. You would say money. I I won't say money. That's not the reason. Money part we will come on. Well, I'll ask we come about the money why part. we it's we'll about yes.
1: others' money and not your own money because project it failure means <laughs> yeah, others' money have
0: gone down the drain. Yes. So, the adversity I, you know I, I, I you, you nowadays there's a new requirement when we interview people there's a very good requirement we express. We say, we ask them So what is the sacrifice you're ready to give? Because uh, I can do everything, but I am not ready to sacrifice. Adversity plays a very good role in making you work towards the success of a project. This is something which I've learned myself. But I want to put on record what are the real prime reasons which the world studies and brings forth. Even if you have resources. The biggest probable reason why projects have failed across the world is not resources and money, it is because of the lack of communication. Okay. This is documented proof. People doing thesis on project management that when you don't collaborate properly, when you fight a lot, when you don't collaborate towards seeing the end of the project. In the positive way projects do not see the right end that is the first prime major reason why projects fail across the world not only here or abroad so so rishi who one
1: can blame when a project fails? if it if communication is the biggest reason then who should the buck stop at who is a, who is
0: the bad communicator in that whole stuff very nice. No. See, this is this is this is coming from a function which is not project management, it is a subcomponent of project management, and it is called project controls. Project controls, PC, project controls. Oh. Okay, okay, well, I've I've been a project controls manager at various places, uh, various projects where I work. And say for instance, Ajay Kudania is running a project, he has invested multi-million dollars on the project and the project is going to enter in in march 2022 and i come to ajay and say ajay sorry be afraid i'm just smiling at the multi-million dollars thing yes so that is so so you can see whose money was it it was your money and who was responsible for uh, telling you in march that uh, the project has succeeded me so What I'm trying to express over here is projects don't fail all of a sudden. The responsibility of project controls or the team managing the project is to start expressing about the health of the project right from the day the project kicks off. Okay. I would have done more justice to Ajay if over the last two years, when I ran this project, every week, every fortnight, every month, I was correctly forecasting that we are not going to meet the right end. I cannot come on March 22 and tell Ajay that we are going bust. So here what is important is, what is the yardstick for failure on projects? This is very important. The important thing is the yardstick for failure is oriented around two arms if you go from our bible which is pm book that is project management body of knowledge the yardstick for failure is oriented around the time scale and it is oriented around the budget if i finish the project before the scheduled completion date or at least on the scheduled completion date I've done justice project is not a failure okay and if i finish the project on budget or at least saving something from the budget the project is not a failure okay, okay. and it doesn't happen all of a sudden sudden on the day the project is being completed it happens right from the day the project kicks off because during the course of that timeline As the project is unfolding, as the uncertainties are becoming more and more clear, you have the right as a project controller, you have the right to express to the whole world, not only to your principals, the stakeholders, you have the right to express to the whole world what are the reasons, what are the components affecting the health of the project. Okay, I said that there was a project which has lasted much more than its original time. Okay, define the reasons. But you don't define the reasons on the final day. You define those reasons as the project progresses. And then you've done justice to your job. You've not done justice to your job until and unless you have kept that stereotype very well communicated to every stakeholder. And that is why what they found when the projects fail, usually, God forbid, they should not fail. Communication plays the biggest part of this whole story. Okay. So,
1: so, Rishi, you said that project controls uh, is the one who actually, you know, uh, should be looking out for communication. Isn't it? Am I right? Exactly. Yes. So, project controls is like a family doctor. From day one... Oh.
0: No, the project controls is a journalist. and <laughs> that's Yeah, so tell me one thing here. The project uh, controls is a journalist because okay, he relays okay. the health of the project regularly. You know who's the family doctor? The family doctor is the person executing the project. Okay. And we don't mingle. Between the executors and the planners and the controllers, we don't mingle. We only take their brain and put it on paper. get my point so the project controls is the journalist he should correctly relay the health of the project imagine the journalist is making wrong proclamations and where is the public going you get my point i got it i got it so then
1: after the project you know you talked about failure of a project before time if it is then it's a success then after the project if it fails, who takes the blame? And if it, bomb, if, if, if it if it's a success, then who takes the credit? Because, you know, success has always got everyone taking that and failure is an orphan. How do you see that sitting there?
0: See, this is, this is pertinent to every part of life. And I'll quote two very good uh, stories behind this. When you learn uh, execution, uh, sorry, controlling or monitoring or uh, managing these projects. As a very good analogy, somebody put it on uh, one of the webinars that project management is equivalent to flying an aircraft. And you answer for yourself how many times does an aircraft not reach its destination 99.99 percent times there's a success in flying an aircraft you know why the reason is the analogy between project management and flying an aircraft is if you see the framework of project management it is divided into various phases there's an initiation phase there's a planning phase There's an execution phase there's a monitoring phase and there's a completion phase so the guy who described so beautifully somebody in uh, a pilot in uh, uh, the us air force he says uh, i walk into the cockpit and i do my initial study of the plane that is the initiation and then i plan i plan means i have the schedule in front of me and I get to know which way the winds are flowing and then how I have to take, what is the trajectory. And then I taxi, I take off, I be on the autopilot, and I bring down, I, when I reach the destination, I have to do the necessary documentation, which is the closure of the project. Beautiful analogy between flying an aircraft And believe me, 99.9% times, that project of flying an aircraft is successful. But 99% is not the recorded history of success of projects on the ground. Similarly, in 1875, mind you, in 1875, there was a great book written which was called Mysterious Island. Mysterious? Mysterious Island. Mysterious Island. So okay. it's about it's about it's about a crew who has lost their way and they've landed into a mysterious island and they have to come out of it.
1: Okay. I thought
0: I, I read about Treasure Island, but mysterious island, mysterious, yes. Mysterious. But I guess mind you, mind you, he says it was 1875 when they wrote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it speaks about all the uncertainties which came their way before the crew found their way and they reached their destination where they should have. Right. That is project management. Now, since you asked me about the sense of achievement, of success, or failure, at the end of every project, there is a necessary requirement of documenting the success or failure of that project. Yeah. we, We call them lessons learned. And when we document them, it's a history, it's a code of record for future projects to operate under better conditions. Under better framework, and it is a team who compares the plan versus the actual. The reasons for the gaps. Now, who should take the responsibility is a very easy answer because it's the team who takes the responsibility. The team was given the uh, the whole accountability for successful completion of the project. But you know the the issue behind. Uh, The failure is, with the passage of time, are we taking account of so much of volumes of knowledge which has been given to the industry to follow that framework, to adopt to the tools and techniques, to remember the processes, to remember the responsibilities, And how to come into that aspect of delivering them successfully. So there is no big, uh, you know, uncertainty about who's responsible, who takes the responsibility. After all, the loser is the investor. Because when we walk into projects, if we are, say, we are working as employees on the project, the last thing we worry about is our salary and the more the number of days the project runs the more happier we are because we get our salary some or the other you know you have to come out of that stigma of being an employee on the project okay and you have to adapt more so now we hear a lot about this being an entrepreneur working on that project right caring about the money of the investor something which comes from your own psyche not necessarily because you know, over 200 years, 250 years, somehow or the other, this part of the world has been dragged down on being taking pride of being an employee to someone. But the moment you think about you being the owner of the project, the entrepreneur running the project, you understand the value of that, and your delivery model altogether changes. It's it's a big it's a big concept to accept and adapt, but definitely we are positively moving towards it. There are a lot of changes happening, which will definitely help the cause. Right. So now talking about
1: you know money and all that stuff, uh, I come to the bigger question now, and that's the topic actually, because it was important to understand for a lot of people what project management is all about. Is Whose money is it anyway? It means the project uh, obviously is belongs to someone else. But as you said, that people have to get that entrepreneur mindset and rather think rather not as employees because when you look at it as an employee, you find it's better that the pro- project keeps on you know running. Running. Yep. That does not work. So why is it so important to always remember? That it is someone else's money when executing a project. That's the topic of the the larger question that we we needed to discuss today. And please uh, emphasize on
0: that. that. Look, as I said, you know, project management runs on two legs. One is the schedule aspect and one is the cost aspect. Now, how this framework works if we adopt PMBOK, specifically is like I'm the project manager walking into the project on the first day I've been handed over the project so I see because the people who won the project they have won under certain conditions so the project manager first studies it and he writes a charter out of that project and when he writes the charter he gets a sanction from the uh, from the project owners or the the financiers or the whoever has uh, sponsored the project it is their money but that sponsor could be the government that could be a public company that could be a private organization so when he gets a sanction he tells them because he owns the project the project manager owns the project right He gets the sanction from that charter. Okay, you have given me a project. You have studied so and so things. You have forgotten to study certain things. And I understand the project not in your way. I understand it in my way. These are going to be the requirements. Give me X, Y, and Z resources. And he submits the charter and he takes the responsibility of executing the project and ensuring that it completes. It doesn't fail. And from there, he kickstarts the exact process of managing this project to see it a successful, give it a successful end. So that is the way things should be oriented. Having a project manager, having a name to the project, having got the sanction for the charter, and after having got the sanction for the charter, he details the project, he forms his own team. He He is allowed to use his own team the best team he can be made available. And then he kickstarts and works on the project, the success of the project. Now, in this course of doing the execution, the prime responsibility of the project manager delivering on time, parallelly, it is to deliver the project under the pristine budget. So it is like the project cost was a billion dollars. When we won the project and the project manager has been told that you are going to complete it in 800 million, that is 0.8 billion, the project manager then he vouches for 700 million or 750 million. So he has some kind of clarity with all the uncertainties still hanging, he has some kind of a clarity that he'll be able to deliver in certain time and certain costs. So the entire framework allows you to honestly accept the project and deliver the project under those guidelines. But there's no taking away. He's also a new person. There's no taking away from the poor project manager. Should uncertainties and should problems exaggerate, I'll quote a project we did recently. And after we planned, in the stage of planning the project, we realized that there was a lot of stoppage coming from somebody else, a much bigger party who was already executing some other functions in our areas of work. And we suffered enormous number of stoppages, which could have derailed, which could have derailed and which could have made the project a failure obviously it does increase the anxiety it does increase the amount of pressure on the executing party as well as the controlling party but then the purpose of regularly monitoring forecasting and then replanning on a day to day scale is that we make all efforts to win the game so it is it is project management is a very long standing match So you call it any kind of a match, where where do you get the sense of achievement from? You can only get the sense of achievement from winning that game. So the team is already inside. The team has to win and come out of the game. So if that kind of commitment, if that kind of accountability, if that kind of responsibility is not bestowed onto the team and you do not have a clear leader bailing you in the right direction, That's a project manager. These are the things which make the project successful or unsuccessful. See, there will be certain unforeseen uncertainties always cropping up. We call them them known unknowns and unknown unknowns. So, when those unknown unknowns crop up, what do we do? So, experience comes into play when those unknown unknowns come up. Howsoever you plan, howsoever you account for what is going to come during the project, These unknown unknowns will always come up. So it is like you called uh, 10 guests to your party at your home and you have 14 walking in. So how do you take care of the adversities? You always attend them and you come out successful. That is what is going to happen on every project. Right. Uh, Rishi, then I guess
1: it's about mindset also. What do you say on this? It's about how do you deal with that? How do you change that? Because uh, if somebody thinks it's better that the project keeps on running and a lot of people start thinking that it is practically good for us because we'll be employed in this project, you know, so everybody seems to be on the same side, except for the person who has put on his money. So how do you deal with that sort of a mindset?
0: I I believe the mindset part is very well taken care of when you hire experience and you hire, uh, you know, qualifications, qualified people. So that mindset part, normally, more often than not, it takes care of the thing. But it's very important to keep the tempo, the motto of the project uh, very high. Uh, I've I've been, uh, normally, you know, it's the project life is such that You have a lot of iran's coming your way people getting very upset and people getting a lot of stressed up there are uh, ways and means of uh, partying on the weekends and then uh, being uh, part of a lot of appreciation a lot of uh, you know uh, uh, raffles and other things taking place during the projects because you're away from home and then a lot of facilities being provided which uh, the budget allows for during Thing to keep the tempo very high. We've been on projects where uh, they have run uh, marathons and half marathons uh, and multinational nationalities running on those uh, and entire days being allocated for uh, doing the prize distribution, etc. So, all those things keep the tempo very high. We've been on projects uh, wherein uh, some very special guests were called to deliver lectures. I mean, we had a couple there on one of the projects in Qatar. And then uh, the next time the same event was taking place, it was uh, Zinedine Zidane coming in and uh, addressing the masses. So that is something like, uh, it's very common to projects. Then, then you know, to keep the tempo very high, some of the fantastic things we've seen is, uh, we had a Palestinian uh, project manager addressing the entire gathering of 20,000 people or so. And he starts his uh, address uh, mentioning that, you know why I like India? And he explains to the labor generally. And he says that uh, you are the best example in the entire universe for unity and diversity. And you see, you, there's people who understand uh, tears rolling down their eyes. See, He speaks so high about my country. I mean, I'm just quoting certain examples which I've seen with my own eyes. You have to keep the motivation very high. Yes, it yes. Are, but he- yeah, carry on, carry on. So on. And, 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 you know, on projects, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, there can be instances where there are unwanted uh, things happening, fatalities, etc. So, they have some exceptional concepts like having stand downs, re-explaining, you starting the meter from zero again. So, keeping the people motivated. I mean, these are concepts which are practiced across the world. It's not only overseas or in India. Safety yes. concepts and giving a lot right. of a boost to doing best practices, so these are the things a project life goes on hand in hand exactly the way our life goes on here. So, right, that, right, that's that's
1: But coming back to the question that it is somebody else's money in the project, so have you seen anybody telling? Ki and secondly uh, you know <laughs> uh, project ko khichna and do you do it do you do it see, in your own
0: projects see see this is uh, it is about the kind of projects you deal with now when we run into very snapshot very fast running projects we are often what you are saying is right we are often reminded like for instance, I go planning for a project and I say, it's going to take 72 hours to do this job. The response from the, generally in the in, uh, energy industry, the response is, can you make it 48 hours? Because in those 24 hours, the unit is going to lose so many million. Okay. So as I said in the beginning, these uh, industries are very well organized. They count every dollar. They count every minute of it and the back calculation towards time is so prominent there they know if i switch off a particular unit or a component the company loses so many million dollars i i i like that concept because if i don't build a bridge in the designated six months of time who's losing the money There has to be certain education on okay this bridge which was to be built in six months time prolonged for nine months or a year it means not only the toll but the loss of opportunity loss of the interest on the money being sourced all those account for a definite loss it's a part of our education system you and I are not educated to be so uh, much to neglect uh, these concepts or aspects. It is somebody's money means okay. It may be public money, but how do we ourselves become responsible to account for that? So that accountability has to set in. I mean that that really affects the success and it also affects the purity, the sanctity of how the project controllers are executing those projects.
1: Right, right. Uh... I get, get some sense of this whole, uh, concept of project management. Uh, my last, you know, question, not question, but just like any closing thoughts that you want to share for somebody who is starting out as a project, you know, part of any project, almost like an intern, okay. uh, from a veteran like you or, and, and to people who are also doing projects.
0: What would you want to tell them? It's my last question. Is, I would I would always motivate people to uh, borrow a few leaves from uh, whatever these PMBOK and other institutes are extending to the world. There's some exceptional work we've done. But I only quoted the example of comparing it with the, the flight path or comparing it with the um, book on treasure uh, on not treasure, the series i'll some of them compare it with the game of golf project management field is an exceptional field to work on and why i say so is because uh, uh, it really helps you to hone your skills being multitaskers uh, this is uh, you play with a lot of uncertainty and you become a real good multitasking professional of of course, project management PMI themselves do not promote multitasking because it's it's really very rugged. But it helps you in the long run to be exceptionally ready to do multiple tasks at the same time. And for me in particular, the motivating factor is I've been I've been running the uh, you know the the shop which I started with even. I could have settled down in that shop 25-30 uh, years ago. I didn't. And then, somewhere in the year 2010, I ventured into being an entrepreneur, which was uh, my aim at uh, promoting my wife, who was running, uh, who had founded an educational institute. So we are running that parallel. But my mojo, my first love, uh, still, even after all this, is project management, because when I do them. I get so many new things to learn, so many fascinating people to meet. i worked across the Middle East and I've worked with more than 50 nationalities of the world. And this would never have happened had I stuck to my guns and being a family business player. So what I want the listeners and the onlookers to uh, take uh, inspiration from is, this is an exceptionally good field and you get a lot of achievement from delivering these deliverables one very important thing I want to mention which I learned on the job is who's the real planner who's the real giant on the project never forget that all this starts at the top right the top man the one-liner is the top man is the most well-groomed most seasoned planner sitting on the project the owner the stakeholder and the control of the project flows downwards this is my statement i make it everywhere okay. so planning a project controls project management starts at the top never forget that it is his money he delegates it and the control flows downwards nobody in between can bail out a bad going project a failing project but the top people are so well uh, organized They delegate it so properly. Their communication is so clear. They set the stone so well that projects will succeed on their own. All you got to do is justify your position being in whatever role you are. It is not that you as somebody in between are going to plan it. It starts all at the top. Just honor that responsibility or that accountability and the chain will remain complete. Don't be a weak section in that chain, because the chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So don't be a weak link in between. Just honor the commitments throughout and the project succeed.
1: Right, right. On that note, Rishi, it's a wrap on this
0: edition of the KJ Masterclass. Thank you so much for joining in. Thank you so much. Before you wind up, uh, Ajay, you're doing an exceptional job. I'm very, very poised and I've been listening to all those uh, contestants who are coming to your show. And I wish you a lot of luck. I wish uh, we'd be there again in a while and I would uh, myself be uh, very poised on sending you some exceptional professionals uh, who can uh, help uh, your cause grow. Thank you so much for having me and it was really nice time. I don't know how we spend one hour over here. And have a nice day. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you.